We're on part four of our series called Breaking Free, and we've been talking about different things that control our life, that we seem not to have the willpower to break, and how we have to rely on the help of God, and how we have to rely on the help of others for success. Today, I want to talk about anger, how anger controls our life, how it hurts us. If you've ever been a victim of anger, if you've been on the receiving side of it, physically, emotionally, mentally, first of all, I'm sorry for any pain that you've gone through, but we want to come alongside you as a church and be a support for you. And to those that have been the victim of anger, it's hard to come forward. It's hard for people to go forward and seek help. We encourage people, get help. Get help. Don't allow it to be a repeating cycle in your life of any sort of abuse. Today, our focus is more going to be on my anger. How can I control my anger? What can I do to be a better person? What can I do? What, what changes do I need to make? And I have a lot of experience with anger because I can think of things like relationships that I've hurt, emails I sent out of anger that I shouldn't have. I can think of things I've said to my kids that maybe scared them. I can think of things I said when I'm angry at my wife that I wish I didn't say. I've wounded people with anger. And I'm guessing I'm not the only one that has. Probably everybody in this room can think of things that they regret, like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Maybe you've gone through a fractured friendship or relationship because of anger. You know, maybe you lost a business deal because of anger. Maybe you physically hurt somebody because of anger. Maybe you were dating somebody that you really liked and they broke up with you because of your anger. These are things, this is real life. These are things that happen to us. We've all gone through things that we regret because of our anger. Out of anger, we've responded wrong, we've expressed it in the wrong way, and it kicks you. It hurts you. It tears you up. Maybe your testimony as a follower of Jesus has been destroyed by anger because that person knew that you were a Christian and looked toward you as a Christian, but then when they saw how angry you get, they thought, well, if that's Christianity, <laughs> better not have it. God's not done anything in that person's life. They haven't changed. Anger can affect all those relationships with people. Now your testimony falls on deaf ears. I think we've all struggled with anger. There's people that have punched things, punched a hole through the wall, you know, kicked things. Anger causes people to do a lot of things that don't look like Jesus. That you looked at them and you said, that does not look like what Jesus would do. I think we're all guilty of these type of things. So therefore, I want us to focus on a verse that's to help us here. Now, there's lots of verses about anger in the Bible. There's so many. But we're not going to fo focus on 50 verses or 30 verses. The main focus is going to be on Ephesians 4, 26 and 27. It says, be angry, but do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger, and don't give the devil an opportunity. 
That verse has three parts to it. We're going to look at each of these three parts. The one part, be angry, but do not sin. Then we're going to talk about don't let the sun go down in your anger. Then we're going to talk about don't give the devil an opportunity. This is written by the Apostle Paul. He's writing to the church of, of Ephesus. And in the beginning, he's actually quoting something, something written a thousand years before by King David in Psalms 4.4, where King David wrote, be angry, but do not sin. Now, let's talk with that. Let's start there. The very first part says, be angry. I'm good at that one. I've got half that verse down. Okay, we, we, we can get going. Be angry. Let me tell you something. It's not a sin to have feelings. It's not a sin to have the feeling of anger. Just like it wouldn't be a sin to have the feeling of sadness. There are some things worth being angry about. These things are normal. These things are natural. If I never get angry, that means I don't have any passion. If I never get angry, that means I don't have any conviction. If I never get angry, that means I don't have any opinions. There are times that certain things should make you angry. There are certain things that are done in this world that make you angry. That's okay. That's normal. That's natural. But don't sin. That's the hard part. It's easy for me to understand, be angry. That's easy. But don't sin. That part of it is really hard because that's where your, your anger is demonstrated in a way that's wrong in a way that's ugly. It's not being angry that's right or wrong. It's what you do with that anger that shows whether or not you're handling it in the right way. And if you don't handle it in the right way, do you know who gets glorified by it? Satan. Satan, the devil. You might be here, and you may be new here, and you think, the devil? People believe in God, but do people really believe in the devil? Well, let me tell you what. Jesus talked about the devil he believed that there's a devil. As you read the Bible, you find out that there's God, but he also created spiritual beings. They're called angels. God created them. And somewhere along the way, I'm not sure of all the details because the Bible doesn't give you a lot of details, but somewhere along the way, a third of the angels led by Satan or the devil chose to turn their back on God, chose to reject God. Uh, chose to go a different direction. And we call them demons, but they're angels. If you look at, they were all angels, but we call the ones that are faithful to God angels. We call the ones that rejected God and went a different direction demons, and they're led by Satan. So that's what the Bible says about the devil and these type of things. Uh, in the Bible, it's a real spiritual battle going on. And part of that spiritual battle is God loves you and has a great plan for your life. And Satan wants to tempt you into a direction that would ruin that great plan that God has for your life and would ruin your love for others and people's love for you. That's what he wants to do. So when I talk about the devil, it is biblical. The Bible, the Bible makes it clear that there's a devil. Now, the Apostle Paul, he's trying to warn us because he doesn't want those characteristics. When you read about the devil in the Bible, you see these horrible characteristics in his life. And what Paul doesn't want to have happen is he doesn't want us to start taking those characteristics in the way that we live. And what he's saying is sometimes we act like we're more influenced 
by the devil than by God, by how we react to things. It grieves me. It grieves my soul to think that there's times that I've said things in anger that brought glorification to the devil, not to God. Because the way I treated, the way I handled my anger was done in a way that people could say, that's what I think the devil would do. Not, that's how I think Jesus would handle that anger. There's a big difference. And that's appalling to think, I know I've been guilty of that. I know I've been guilty of being angry and handling it in a way that the devil would do. It brings glory to him. That doesn't bring glory to God. He wins in that one. That doesn't produce in me the character I want. It produces in me the opposite of what I want for my life. I want to be characterized as someone that would respond the way that Jesus would. So people can look at me and say, wow, I see how he handles anger, and he's doing it right. If I can handle my anger that way, I'm going to be okay. The goal isn't to never be angry. Like I said, there's things that you should be angry about. But the goal is, how can I handle my anger in a way that's righteous, that's producing peace, not pain? Peace in my life, peace in other people's lives. I get angry and I can produce pain. I can be angry and I can produce peace. I want to produce peace. In James 1.20, it says, anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. God desires for me to have a righteous life, but anger is not going to bring that about if it's handled wrong. When you see these two verses together, it makes sense. Look, here's the two verses being read together. Be angry, but don't sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger, and don't give the devil an opportunity. Anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. You put those together, and you see, you could add the word because. Be angry, but don't sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger, and don't give the devil an opportunity because anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. I want my life to bring about the righteous things that God desires for me. And if I don't handle my anger in the proper way, it's not going to. It's not, there's not, there's not going to be anything godly about it. I want to live a life that I'm in a right standing with you and I'm in a right standing with God. Anger is one of those key things that can destroy that at both levels. So I want to handle it right, but it's hard. How do we get there? How do we do that? Because we get anger. We feel anger. It's a normal thing. How do I handle it in the right way? I can respond in a way that honors God. I can respond in a way that delights the devil. I don't want to delight the devil. When I'm angry and I hang on to it and I allow it to become bitterness, I allow, I allow myself to be resentful. i even if I don't take revenge, it's in my heart, you know, and I'm starting to hate the person. That's where anger goes to. It doesn't just stop. It, it will continue unless you stop it, unless you make some changes. And there are people that when they get angry, they explode and they rage and they hit things and they punch and they yell and they scream. And it's horrible. And it's so immature. And yet at the same time, 
We say, okay, I'm not going to be like that. So I'm going to be mature. And instead of exploding, I'm going to implode. And I'm going to hold it inside. And I'm going to be resentful. And it's going to fester because I'm still not dealing with it. What I'm trying to say is it doesn't matter if it's an outward response or you hold it all inward and it kills you. One, you dump on everybody else. The other one, you're, 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 you're messing up your own life. It doesn't matter which way you go. Both ways are wrong. Both ways are going to mess up your life. Both ways are not God's way. Both ways aren't healthy. So there's a better response. We can take the wisdom from God's word and apply it to our life. And we can have victory over anger. We can have victory there. So let's talk about that. How do we do that? Number one is don't deny your anger. What's wrong? You're acting like you're upset about something. Is everything okay? Yeah. Are you angry at me? No. Why is it that we want to do that? Why is it that we want to deny that we're angry? Some of us feel like it's a sin to be angry. Some people feel like I'm embarrassed by what I'm angry about. Let me tell you this. Having feelings is normal. Having feelings is normal. Even if you're angry about something that you know in your head is so silly and immature, why am I angry about this? It's still normal. You're not the only silly, immature person in the room. We all are, okay? We all get angry about things that are silly and shouldn't matter. We get angry about things that are big that should matter. But it's normal. It's natural. There's no reason to have to deny it. The more I deny that I'm angry, the less I am to work on my problem. They say with Alcoholics Anonymous, the first thing is you have to admit that you have a problem, right? You have to admit that you have a problem with alcohol, or if you're a drug addict, you have to admit that you have a, a problem with drugs. You have to admit your anger. Don't deny it. There's nothing wrong with a feeling that you have. Now, what you do with that feeling could be wrong, right? What you do with that feeling could be wrong, but just acting like everything's okay when it's not, how is that going to change anything for the better, how is that going to turn your life around? How is that going to change the future when you and that person hit this road again? Are you going to save it up, save it up, save it up, and then it can't take it anymore, and then you just blast them? Is that God's way? Because you didn't deal with it the first time? You lied and acted like everything's fine? There's no verse in the Bible that says it's a sin to have the feeling of anger, but it is a sin to lie, right? So don't deny it. Are you angry? Yeah, I am. I am. I'm angry. Can you say that? You don't have to say it out loud, but can you say that? Are you angry? Can you say, yeah, I'm angry. That right there would totally change your life. When you have enough guts to say, even if you feel foolish, you can say, I feel really stupid saying this because of why I'm angry, but I'm angry. You know what I mean? But when you can have enough guts to say you're angry when you are, that's step one. That's step one to changing. So the next thing that you have to do, before I go to the next thing, you're angry, that's okay, that's normal. It's the path that you're going to take from there. There's a path to peace, there's a path to pain. The next thing is delay your anger. Delay your anger. What I'm saying is to, it takes maturity to admit, yeah, I'm angry, I am, I'm angry. That takes maturity. The next thing is it takes maturity to delay it. What does that mean is I'm angry, but I can't talk about it now. I need to cool off first. Why? Because when people get angry, they say things that they regret. 
They even say things that they don't mean. You say, well, you wouldn't have said it if you didn't mean it. Well, a lot of times when you're angry, you start spewing off stuff that's not even true, but you fill it into emotion. But afterwards, when you think back, you think, well, that was unfair because that wasn't really true. But in the moment that you're saying it, you think it is true. Why? Because you haven't thought it out. You haven't delayed to think it through. So you need to delay your anger, which means I feel angry, so I need to separate, cool down, think it through. Why am I feeling angry? And deal with what's going on in the inside. If you don't, you'll just blast the person. You'll ruin your kids. You'll ruin your relationships. You, you, that's not what you want to do. They say the number one thing that men do when they're angry is they want to change their environment, like I'm upset, I need to get away, is they get in their car and drive off. I wonder if that's where we get road rage from. All these angry husbands driving around the city together, yelling at each other. Um, they say that but the number one thing that men do is when they're angry is they get in their car and drive somewhere. Um, the number one thing that women do, they say, when they're angry is eat. Isn't that interesting how men respond in one way and women respond in another way? It kind of put me in an odd situation. Am I normal? Because when I get angry, I get in my car, I drive to Taco Bell, and I eat. So what's up with that? I'm not sure what to think about this. But it's made me wonder about things. So the thing is, delay it. You can't have your anger and just yelling at people and exploding on them. You also can't just hold it inside and just tearing yourself up. I've got to delay it so that I do the right thing. You have a child, and you're angry at your child for what they did. Never discipline a child when you're angry. Never discipline. When abuse happens, it's because a parent is trying to discipline their child when the parent is angry. This is one of the greatest reasons why if you're angry at a child, you can say, go to your room. They'll think that that's a discipline. Go to your room. Why do you want them to go to their room? So you can separate from them because you feel angry. So you can calm down, cool off, and think about it in a proper, normal, sensible way. What should I do about this now? You know, like you're, you're cooling down. Okay. Because I guarantee you, when you're punishing a child or disciplining a child, I don't like to use the word punishment. Really, it's discipline. When you're disciplining a child... Uh, and you're angry, it probably turns into punishment. I think punishment is wrong. I think discipline is correct. You're trying to discipline them. Discipline is training them in the right direction. Now, there's negative disciplines, there are positive disciplines, and there's abuse. You don't want abuse. If you're angry, you're more apt to do something that would be abusive. Verbally abusive, mentally abusive, physically abusive. You send the child to the room, go to your room. And then you have a chance to cool off, think about it. So you never abuse your child. A lot of times people that abuse their child, it's because they have no management of their anger. They haven't learned things like, hey, I'm angry right now. Now's not the time to discipline. Now's the time to put them in their room, give them a time out so I can think about things and rest and get my mind in order and make sure that I handle it the right way. Another thing is you have a coworker. And you're upset with them. You know, you don't in the middle of work just start, you know, yelling at them and causing a big fight. You could lose your job. You have to separate. When you feel so angry at them, 
You need to separate. You need to delay. You need to get away from them so you can calm down and think about it. Here's what we do. We're angry. So we go away and we start thinking about it. And we start thinking, I'm the victim. I'm the one that was hurt. And they did this and this. And we build up all of our ammunition so we can go back and just blast them. That's not why you separate. You separate for the complete opposite reason. You separate so you can cool down, so you can get your thoughts in order, so that you can be civil to one another, so that you can respond in a loving way, not in a way that's going to cause more damage. You're shooting for peace. You're not shooting for pain. You're not trying to get even. It's not about revenge. It's about correcting the situation. Think about it. How should, what's the best way that I can address this? How would God want me to deal with this? There are sometimes you get angry that you would have said something wrong, but because you separated, you delayed and thought about it, you start thinking, I have no business being upset with that. If they feel that way, that's up to them. They're, who am I to control the way they think? Why was I even upset? But at the time when you're angry, you're not thinking sensible. But because you delayed it, you got separated, you start thinking sensible about it, and you decide, I'm not going to even bring it up because it's, I'm the one being silly. But there's other times where you separate, and it's something you need to address. It's a real issue. But you're thinking about it first before you address it instead of exploding on the person. Look at Proverbs 16.32. Patience is better than strength. Oh, I'm going to get him. No, it's a, it, be patient. Don't fight back. How about this? Controlling your temper is better than capturing a city. I want to capture that city. Don't you think you better control your temper? I want to capture that city. Do you realize that probably some of your friends will die too? I want to capture that city. What would be better? Some of my friends die. You might be the one that dies. When you capture a city, someone's going to die on both sides. Wouldn't it be better to control your temper? That's what it's saying. Isn't controlling your temper better than just rage and going to war? God is saying, don't go to war with your spouse. Don't go to war with your kids. Don't go to war. Oh, come on. It's your family. Do you really want to take arms up against your spouse, your kids, your friends, your coworkers? It's saying, no, it's better to control your temper. So you delay it, so you can think about it and and respond back in a civil way that would honor God instead of in a way that looks like Satan, where people say, well, that looks like the devil to me. Then the third thing is define your anger. You're doing this while you're delaying. You're, You're angry and you admit it. Hey, I am angry. I need to separate right now because I'm going to say some things that are wrong if I don't, or I might react in a bad way if I don't separate. So I'm going to delay this anger, and I'm going to define it. What's bothering me so much about this? You've got to work through it. Anger is a secondary emotion. It's not a primary emotion. There's always something that happened first that's underneath it. For example, you feel hurt. That's the primary emotion, is a hurt. So then the secondary emotion is react in anger. You feel frustrated. That's a primary emotion. That's what got it going, and you react in anger. You feel scared, afraid, and then you react in anger. We can make it very practical, like you have this fear, like 
somebody sees their girlfriend talking to another guy, and they get this fear that, what's going on over there? You know, they're not hurt. They're not frustrated. They're afraid. They're afraid that somehow that doesn't look right. Somehow I'm going to lose somebody important to me. So when they go home, they have a big fight. And they're yelling and screaming because what were you doing talking to him? You know how people can be this way? Jealousy and things like that. Why are they jealous? Their issue is they have a fear problem. They have a fear problem. If they don't know why they're doing this, they're going to always justify their actions. Once they understand, I have this fear problem, they can start working on themselves. Why am I so fearful about her talking to people? Why do I always think the worst thing? But as long as I don't define it and, and look at what I'm really doing, I'm the victim. You're bad. You're upsetting me. Why? Are you hurt? Are you frustrated? Are you afraid? Well, I was afraid. It deals with that. Um, it starts there. You know, someone gets dumped by somebody, another relationship type of thing. Are they hurt? Are they frustrated? Or are they afraid? They're hurt. And they come out really angry. You're going to um, you, you have plans to go to a movie that's very important to you. And your spouse or your date is late at getting ready, and you're on time, you're really excited to go. And by the time they're ready to go, you realize, we're going to miss the first part of the movie. And you're really angry. Are you hurt? No. Are you afraid? No. You're frustrated. There's always, it's, it's going to be one of those three. And it comes out as anger. Now, what happens is when you're angry and you delay it and you think about why you're angry, you have a sense of what's really going on. I'm frustrated. Have you ever been in a situation where you're feeling angry and your spouse says, uh, what's wrong? And you say, nothing. You haven't defined it yet. You haven't defined nothing, everything. And you just keep going, keep going. You're angry about something that happened at work. You went to work. Things didn't go the way you expected. You're upset about it. You're frustrated. You come home with an angry attitude. All evening with your attitude, she's been thinking that you're upset with her. In your mind, you're thinking, I've never said anything to her that I'm upset with her. I just, but you don't talk about it. Okay? You didn't talk about it. You never define what's going on. When they ask you, is everything okay? You, say, you deny it like, I'm fine. Guarantee she thinks you're mad at her. You can ruin the relationship that you have because of being upset with somebody else. When you delay things and you talk about it and think it through, and then someone says, is everything okay? You're not a liar. I'm angry. What's going on? You've already delayed it. You know why you're angry? Because you're using the, the tools that the Bible says. I'm just really frustrated at work. You might not feel like talking about it. Honey, I'm not upset with you, but I just don't want to talk about it. It's been on my mind all day. I just, I don't want to talk about it. I hope that's fine. But she knows you're not mad at her. And she's thinking, oh, all this time I thought he came home with an attitude because he was mad at me about something. That's exactly what people think. That's exactly what your kids think. They think dad's mad. What did we do? What did we do? Let's stay away from dad. Let's stay away from dad. It doesn't have to be that way. That's a form of abuse. You're not trying to be abusive. But it is because it's a mental abuse. Everybody thinks it's them. 
And without defining it and knowing what's going on yourself, how can you communicate in a way that you bring peace in that family instead of pain? If the result is pain in the family, all the right intentions are still wrong. Well, I had the right intention. I was upset at work, and I was trying to hold it in, and I was upset about it, but I didn't want to blast at everybody else. They all still feel pain because they think you're mad at them. All they see is anger in the home. They don't know why. All the right intentions in the whole world with pain being the result means I guess I handled it wrong. If I was defining it and if I would communicate with people, I'm not mad at you. I'm just mad today because of what happened at work. I just need time to, to settle down. And get, but I love you guys. It's not you. They can feel for you but feel at peace because they don't feel like they're the target. So these things are very important in how it relates to a roommate. Same thing happens. A roommate comes up angry and everybody thinks in the house. I, had, I used to live with a group of five guys in this big house that we had. And when this one guy would come home, and we always thought he was upset with us. Like, I wonder why he's so rude and angry all the time. What do we do to tick him off? It was not us. It was work. But we just automatically thought it was us because we weren't the type of people that when we were upset at work, we'd come home, ticked off of everybody. We'd be ticked off at work and at home, we'd be happy to be home because we're no longer there. But he processes things differently. And in the meanwhile, he was causing pain in the home. That's abuse. You don't want that. It's not intentional, but that's why you have to define it. Then the, the next thing you want to do is you want to diffuse your anger. You, that, that's a great word. It's like, uh, you know, you're doing things so it doesn't explode. You're putting your anger to rest. You're going to handle it in a God-honoring way. You don't respond immediately to that nasty email and just tell them what you really think. And boom, get down, pow. I got them. I've done that before. That's not what you do. You're diffusing your anger. You're, you're thinking about it. You know, you delay things. You're trying to settle things down. Peace is more important. I don't want to give the devil the victory. I don't want him to get the victory. I'd like for God to get the victory. The Bible says, don't let the sun go down in your anger. What does that mean? That means work on it. Resolve the issue. Talk it through with your spouse. Uh, don't let it continue to the point of resentment and bitterness. You deal with it. Now, when it says, you have to realize with the Bible, not everything is meant to be taken literally. You know, you don't take everything in the Bible literally. You think about what is this really saying? You know, let's take this literally. Uh, don't let the sun go down on your anger. And I'm angry. Oh, I'm angry. Right, right. Well, but, but wait, the sun's going down in seven minutes. I better talk to her right now. Wow, you're so angry and you blast her. But I didn't let the sun go down on my anger. No, it's, that's not the point. What it's trying to say to you is the meaning behind it is when you're angry, Deal with it. Don't let it continue on and on. Don't let it go unresolved. So what you still do is you still do everything the Bible tells you to do, which is, I am angry. I'm going to delay it and cool down. I'm going to diffuse it. You know, I'm going to do, uh, define it so I know exactly what's really going on in the inside. Now I know, is this worth talking about? Yeah, I need to talk about this. Because if we don't, it's going to come up again and it's going to be bad for us. But it's... 11 o'clock, and we both have to go get up at 6 o'clock in the morning for work, so I'm not going to talk about it now. 
I'm going to do the right thing. So you go to bed. You're not going to talk about it in the morning. It's not the right timing. And you go to work. And then when you come back in the evening together, you say, hey, I need to talk to you about something. I've really been feeling frustrated over the last this today because of something that's happened. But what did you just do? You talked about it at the right timing as soon as possible. At the right timing. Timing is everything. You know, you decide, like I wake up in the morning, 6 a.m., and I'm tired anyway, and I'm trying to get ready for work. And I'm feeling great about life, though, as far, because I don't know that you're angry. And at 6 in the morning, you want to bring it up. That's probably, like, going to cause a fight. It's not going to bring peace. It's probably going to bring pain because we won't have time to deal with it. It would just be brought up in a way that it's going to ruin my day at work. Because now I, I don't have a chance to respond. I feel misunderstood. We had a little argument on the way out because it's rushed. I'm fast and short because I'm trying to get there. I have to be there. I have a meeting to get to that I have to be there. So what it means is don't let the sun go down in your anger. That means deal with it at the first right opportunity. Don't let it linger and become resentment and bitterness. Don't allow it to become something that's going to cause more permanent damage. You want to express your anger in a loving way, not in a negative way. You don't want to be yelling at someone and blowing up at them. You want to diffuse it, calm things down so you can talk about it in a way that's loving and respectful and civil. And then number five is deliver your anger to God. You say, what do I do when I'm so angry that I feel like yelling? You know, I just want to just get it out. Yell at God. Yell at God. Let me tell you what. If you're angry and you go to God and you yell at him and you tell him how bad you feel and how angry you are, why did you put her in my life? Or whatever you say when you're angry that you know is stupid that you say it because you're angry. And why is this going on? And you yell and get it off your chest. You know what? That's not going to hurt God's feelings. He's so much beyond us. He can handle it. But let's say I had all this anger and I started yelling at you. Okay, that's going to cause pain. That's not going to work. If you, have it on, if, you got, if you have to get something off your chest, talk to God about it. You know, let him know exactly what you feel. And pray. He'll probably start changing your heart. You start, being, you, you start to get off your chest and you start to get sober-minded about it. But you know you're not going to talk to that person until the anger is cooled down and diffused. You've defined it so you know what's really going on. You're no longer saying things that don't make sense because you were just angry at the time. You're now dealing with the real issue. And now you're ready to approach them in a normal, civil way. And you're not saying, I'm angry at you. You're not saying that. Listen to the difference. Can we talk because I'm feeling angry? Now, how about this? Can we talk because I'm feeling hurt? One's way more acceptable to talk about. When you say, can we talk because I'm feeling angry? Usually, I feel like there's an arrow pointed at me. (laughs) When you say, I'm feeling hurt, that doesn't sound like there's necessarily an arrow pointed at me, but she's feeling hurt. I'm feeling frustrated about something. Can we talk? That doesn't sound like an attack. Like, when I say, can we talk? I'm angry. You feel like I'm about to, you know, that's what it feels like in your ear. Can we talk because I feel frustrated? Okay, that doesn't sound as spooky or scary. 
Can we talk? Because I'm feeling this afraid about something. I feel uh, afraid about something. Okay, I can talk about that. Your words have everything to do with the reception of the other person. You start saying, I want to talk to you because I'm angry. Let's see how excited they are to have that conversation. But you say, hey, I'm feeling hurt about something. Can we talk? That's easier. I'm feeling frustrated. Can we talk? You know, I'm feeling scared about something. Can we talk? Your words do count. And you deliver your anger to God, but you talk to them because you're calmed down now. You know what you've defined it. You're able to talk about it in a civil way. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, he was a famous German pastor. He wrote a book also, and he said, he who is alone in his sin is utterly alone. What he was trying to say is, you don't have to be alone. You don't have to be alone. You might be feeling like, I'm so angry and it's, I'm just all alone. His whole point is, everybody here has access to God. Everybody here has access to God. You can deliver your anger to God. You can go to God and talk to him about it. You're not alone. Everybody can turn to God. And God's going to help you to choose peace over pain. So when you talk to people, you'll handle it the right way. You go to God and say, God, I need your help. God, I need you to show up. I'm wounded. I'm frustrated. I'm scared. God, give me the strength to do this in the right way. But go to God. Talk to God about your anger. Just imagine for a minute. Imagine what your life would look like if the next time you got angry, you didn't yell at the person or whoever it is in your life that you're more apt to do that with. You didn't come out in a negative way, but instead you separated yourself and and thought it through and calmed down, diffused anger, kind of found out what's really going on. Why am I really angry? And got yourself to a point that then when you talk to the person, you talk to them in a loving way to deal with the real issue that needs to be dealt with. What would that do for that relationship? What would that do in your marriage? What would that do with the intimacy of your marriage if that's how you approach people? What would that do with your friendships? What would that do in your dating if that's how you dealt with things? What would that do at work with a coworker? How would that change your life? It would drastically change your life. It would make an amazing difference. How would that change your testimony before God? When people see that and they say, wow, that guy, I think he was telling me off, but in a really nice way. (laughs) And I don't feel angry at him for doing it. I feel like I want to change. What would that do for your testimony for God? I know for sure it wouldn't be bringing glory to the devil. It wouldn't do that. What would it do with uh, people that are kind of open to God and they see that in your life and say, wow, that used, I used to think of that person as being the temper tantrum, uh, the temper tantrum person. That's odd. What happened to them? And then they t- say, hey, you've changed. And you say, hey, it's God. I've been bringing my anger to God and he's changing me. And when they start off saying that you've changed, they're making fun of you the way they say it. And instead of you getting angry, you say, no. I was, I was a mess. I've, I've been trying to give it to God. God's changing my life. What would that do to their, their mindset of, wow, if God can change her, maybe he can change me. If God can change him, maybe he could change me.
how much less pain would you have in your life and how much more peace would you have in your life? And it's really your choice. The minute you start saying, well, I have pain in my life because he did this and she did this, that's denial. You're the victim. You'll never get better. Guaranteed failure. Once you say, I'm in control of my own life, come on. Obviously, God's in ultimate control, but I'm in control of my own life. No matter what he does or she does, I'm gonna do, I've made a decision that I'm going to do things that bring peace. That bring peace. You take control of your life. You make decisions to handle things differently, whether they do or not. I want to give you a promise. I'm going to promise you this, that this week you'll have the opportunity to use what I just said. Because probably over the next 168 hours, you're probably going to get ticked off at somebody. Right? Somebody's probably going to get on your nerves or frustrate you or hurt you. Probably somebody in the next 168 hours are going to rub you the wrong way. So here's what I promise you. I promise you that you're going to have the opportunity to put this into practice. You'll get a chance to use this this week. So I encourage you to take your notes and put them in front of you. Be ready. Say, Pastor Jimmy said this is going to happen. I'm ready. If you're that average married couple, it will probably be on your drive home if you drive the same car. Like I told you about Tanya and my victory that we haven't argued in the car for probably seven years. We never had to argue. It's going to church and back. We never argue because we drive separate cars. Yeah, solution. <laughs> no, but the point being is you're going to have the opportunity to use this stuff. Now, let me share the sad thing about this is because you're human and you're learning, don't be surprised if you handle it wrong and afterwards remember, I just, we just talked about this. What's wrong with me? When you've had a habit of doing something a certain way over and over, it usually doesn't change. It's, it takes a lot of work to get there. It takes a lot of work to get there. Okay, let me give you a personal testimony. I don't think too many people characterize me as an angry person. Okay? I don't think too many people think. When you think of Jimmy, what's, what characteristics pop in your mind? Anger. That's what I think. No, I don't think people... I want to tell you, anger in my life has been my number one downfall. I was so immature that I even got in fistfights sometimes when I was at college. At college. You know, that's really immature, but that's where I was. God's done something in my life, but it didn't happen overnight. But it started with me making a decision, I've got to change. I've lost friendships. I've got to change. Am I perfect? No, I'm not perfect. But I'm telling you what, I'm not the man I used to be. God's done. I couldn't imagine getting in a fist fight with somebody. That would just be so, it doesn't, it seems like it was a bad dream of the past. Last night, we had the UFC fight, and Khabib, after winning the fight, he won the championship, but he got mad at somebody on the ringside outside of the fight, and he jumped over that fence and got in a fight. You know, he's, he might have jail time. I don't know what's going to happen with him, but he, he got in a fight with one of the trainers of the other guy after, after he won. 
He won the fight. The trainer on the other side of the fence said something rude to him, and he jumped over the fence and went at the guy. And I remember watching that and thinking, how immature is that guy? And this morning when I was, the first service when I was doing the sermon, I start remembering things I used to do. I thought, man, I was so critical of that guy, which what he did was really, really bad. But I think when I was in my early 20s, that's where I was. What was wrong with me? What was wrong with me? But I say this to give you hope. If you want to change, you can change. If you want to change, you can change. Turn to God. He can do it. I'm living proof that that happens. So I encourage you to do your best. And when you mess up, get back up and say, okay, at least this time after it happened, I realized I forgot to do it. And you keep working on it and you keep working on it. And you will be known as a person of peace. You won't be known as a person of pain. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for life. We thank you for the good things you do in our life. We ask you to forgive us for our anger and the pain that it causes. And Lord, we want to do the right thing. We want to be able to admit when we're angry. Because we're admitting it, we want to be able to delay it and separate and calm down. We want to be able to think about it and define it to make sure that we know what's going on. We want to be able to diffuse it, but still talk to the person about it if we need to, if we need to speak the truth, but in a loving way. And God, when we're angry, we want to take our anger to God and we can talk to him with those feelings so that we can calm down, get it out. But when we talk to the person, we handle it in a civil, loving, healthy way, the way that Christ would. Lord, we want to be people that are bringing peace into our homes, not pain. Peace into our places of work, not pain. Peace into our lives, not pain. So, Lord, we're giving you our anger. We're making a commitment to practice these things that we've learned so that we can have the life that you've called us to have. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.